It's Wednesday night and we're talking about some interesting things. I've been trying to express to you how that men have invented demons to take the place of their own selfish, sinful self. The only wrong, the only problem in the world is self. That's it. And boy, people don't want to hear that because it's very difficult to own up to how wicked your heart is. takes a long time to understand that. I've been saying this all along, that capitalism capitalism and demon have the basic same meaning. Demon in the Bible and the Greek is the word daemonion. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Now, if you actually believe in demons, then you believe that whenever you get something in your life that you need to get over, you just need to have the demon cast out, and you don't need to repent of self. And that's our problem. We have to repent. When we start resenting things, it has to do with capitalism. Let me read to you the definition of capitalism out of Webster's Dictionary. I've got one of these at home, and I'm going to get me another one to update my dictionary. I always like to keep them updated because they may put words in it that I need. And uh, you can get this out of Webster's Dictionary. Capitalism. The economic system in which all or most of the means of production and distribution, get the word distribution, distribute. Demon means to distribute fortunes. That's what it means. They In the first century, they had good demons. Demon did not mean necessarily somebody evil. They had good demons. And they had bad demons. Bad demons. They had the same thing in fairies and in genies. Bad demons. Now, the good demons were called E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Eudaimonion. You means well or good. That's what it means. That was a good demon. He took you, uh, he gave you money and gave you crops and got you a house and got you a camel and did these things for you. And we've got that going on in America. Let me read this. The distribution of lands, factories, railroads, and are privately owned. Private means the individual. So it means to distribute distribute the wealth wealth to private individuals. That word private is a Greek word over there in Second Peter 
that there is no prophecy of scripture of any private interpretation. Idios. Self. No self-interpretation of the scriptures. That has a basic same meaning. Privately owned and operated for profit. Boy, if that's not free enterprise, I don't know what it is. Originally under fully competitive conditions. Comp- competitive competition generates greed. That's what it does. It's everything that the Bible is not. It does not crucify self. It doesn't look out. The Bible says that one man esteem another's wealth better than himself. In Philippians, the second chapter, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's awful hard to do with all these temptations around us, isn't it? It has been generally characterized by a tendency towards concentration of wealth. We're talking about capitalism, what we were founded on. And in later phase, by the growth of great corporations, increased governmental control, the principles, methods, interest, power, influence of capitalist. The way I'm reading it sounds like an evil word. Well, it is an evil word. Especially of those with large holdings. A capitalist is a person who is capital, owner of wealth, used in business, and upholder of capitalism. Loosely a wealthy person, and they forgot to put in here, a greedy and underhanded person. Now, I'm trying to just read to you out of a Webster's Dictionary. Oh, this is really amazing. You can look up eudaimonia. E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A R-I-S-M. Eudaimonism. That's in Webster's Dictionary. Let me read it to you. That means a good demon. Eudaimonia, Eudaimonia. Happiness. Blessed with good genius. Whoa. Genius. I'm preaching out of Webster's <laughs> Genius. That's what the that's what the Romans in the ancient world called demons. Instead of demons, they called them genius. Gifted. Happiness, well being. Specific in Aristotle's philosophy, happiness or well-being, the main universal goal, distinct from pleasure and derived from a life of activity governed by reason. Let me hear what the Lord said. Talking about reason. I beseech you therefore, brethren, Romans 12 and 1, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable is the word logikos, L-O-G-I-K-O-S. It comes from the word logos. Logos is the Greek word word. 
It is your word service according to the word of God. That's the See, you can reason how you need to make lots of money and you go out here and work real hard. If you have given, been given self-starting ability, which I've got, I've got self-starting ability. I get out there, when I was young, I get out there and start on anything and wind up and make something go. Everybody doesn't have that. So you can't use that to just build up yourself. You have to build up others with your ability to self-start. If that's what you've got. See, but most self-starters say, God made me this way so I go out and get rich. No, he didn't. Eudemonism. To call to happiness. The ethical doctrine that personal happiness is the chief good. And the pro- we're talking about eudemonism. Eudemon. Good demon. That's what Caesar was called in the first century. Augustus Caesar was called the good demon. That's why the rich young ruler, when he came to Jesus, said, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus, why are you calling me good? If I'm good, I'm God, because God is good. Well, he was God. But in the first century, if you called anyone God besides Caesar, that was a capital offense and you could die for it. They'd put you to death in the Roman Empire. The chief good, the proper aim of action, such happiness received of in terms of well-being based on virtuous and rational self-realization. Self-realization! That's insane, isn't it? But it's supposed to be a good definition out of Webster's. They're telling you you're supposed to have self-realization. That's exactly what the Bible says. Exactly opposite. I've got an article out of out of uh, out of uh, Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion. And in Hastings They've got an article on eudaimonism. This is the... We were built in America. This is Hastings right here. And this comes out of Hastings. This is a great set of books. Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion. It's 13 volumes. And it's got one index volume that gives you all kinds of information. Here's an article on eudaimonism. Let me just read a little bit of it. Eudaimonism may be defined as the theory that the ethical end and the ultimate object to be achieved by action and conduct, the standard and final criterion for what ought to be is well-fair. They said that is what eudaimonism is equal to. It's the faring well of the people. Welfare is not to be regarded as identical with happiness, although the latter term has been widely and even generally employed as a rendering of the Greek word which welfare more truly represents. Happiness may, of course, be so defined and understood by a moral philosopher as to become the technical equivalent 
to welfare. Eudaemonism is the technical equivalent. But this involves an unnatural divorce from the meaning which it bears in ordinary speech and literature, where happiness undoubtedly connotes pleasure as an essential and predominant, if not as its sole constituent and signifies in life a life full of pleasures well selected and arranged. Then he says, see Epicureans and hedonism and utilitarianism. They're going to tell you this is what Thomas Jefferson built America on was on eudaemonism. Good demon. Good God. That will give us what we want. A demon in the first century was a deity. And that will even... Even when you look up demon or devil in the Strong's Concordance, it will say demon, distribute fortunes, or it will tell you it's a deity. Well, how many... Deity is a god. To deify something means to make it a god. That's what they did in the first century They made their ancestors their gods. Let me read a little bit more of this. Eudaemonism finds its typical exponent in Aristotle, whose famous definition of welfare, activity or exercise of the powers of soul according to virtue and goodness when there's none good. What they're trying to tell you, this is their definition And it flies in the face of the scripture, doesn't it? They'll tell you what eudaemonism is, what capitalism is, and everybody says good. It's not because it makes men free who's got that get up and go and that self-start. Makes them go out there and the temptation is unbelievable in business. I was in real estate for 17 years when I went in in 1979 it was so easy selling houses you run across all kinds of deals people losing their houses and you could see how you could steal people's houses from them and I saw a lot of real estate people that did exactly that and man I couldn't do it you could make deals with them where they could move out of town and You could give them their equity over a long period of time. You could offer them a real low price. And a lot of times they would take it when the market was difficult and the rates were sky high. People wouldn't do anything to get out of their houses. When you're in business, those things happen. When you're a banker, you see those opportunities and you can get rich. I'm not a believer in capitalism I got to live in the society but I got to watch out what I do with what God gives me I've got to be sure and spread some of that around and help people according to virtue or goodness and that the best and most fully developed has the high merit of elasticity living room alike for individuality I think individuality destroys people. 
and for discovery of the conception of both physical activity and moral excellence. There's not much morality in capitalism. Acts are called good and they tend to preserve and promote welfare when they tend to disturb and destroy it. I've had so much experience with the world at 80 years old. I've seen so much crooking and lying and cheating and thieving. I don't believe hardly anything that anybody says out here in the business world. You can't. Now, they said, see utilitarianism. I got an article on utilitarianism. And it'll say, see tutelary gods. A tutelary god, it will say that through this, utilitarianism. As an ethical theory, it signifies that the ultimate end is and ought to be the general happiness. This goes against the likeness of Christ. We're predestined to conform to Christ's likeness. And Christ Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He didn't go out to live for self. I'm saying something to Christians that's awful hard to do in the society in which we live in. And those actions are right which bring the greatest happiness to the greatest number. You believe that? That's the best thing they say is to make the most happiness for the most people. The creed which accepts as the foundation of morals, utility, or the greatest happiness principle holds that actions are right in proportion as they tend to promote happiness, wrong as they tend to produce the reverse of happiness. In other words, you're not supposed to be unhappy. You're not supposed to take your cross and die daily. You're not supposed to deny yourself. Not according to these articles. What they're saying is the exact opposite of what I'm saying in the pulpit constantly, that we have to deny ourselves and crucify self. They, the people that write these articles and the essence of the American society social system goes completely against the Bible. Everything that America's for goes against it. Jim, what are we going to do? Make sure you're living righteously and godly for Christ and not for yourself. If you come into a million dollars and you need a car to get around to help people, buy a Chevrolet. Don't buy a $150,000 Mercedes so people can say, there goes the guy who believes in a daily cross of debt to self. I don't believe in the... You know what's happened to me? In the last 40 years, I've changed my beliefs. I don't believe like I used to believe. I don't believe in gospel music. The gospel songwriters don't know nothing about the Word of God. Don't believe in that. Don't believe in Bill Gaither. When you listen to his songs on his infomercials, they sound Pentecostal, faith healing. What does that sound like? And that's not true. I don't believe in professional music of any kind. I, I can't keep from liking some of it. I like like to hear it. If guys just go in the studio and cut something, then I can play it for them. And, but don't go out there and get on the stage and shine above others. Gospel singers don't understand. They're going against the Word of God. God resisteth the proud. 
Boy, that's something that goes against professionalism of every kind. Jim, you act like we're supposed to give up everything and walk away. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to examine yourself every day. Don't you? Don't you find yourself doing that? If you examine yourself, you'll not have to be examined by God. You have to. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. One of my favorite verses. A-P-A-R-N-E-O-M-A-I. Aparneomai means to utterly, apo, contradict. How are you going to live in American society and utterly contradict yourself? And that's an imperative mood in the Greek, and that's a command. Well, this is a hard thing to do. It's hard to read the Bible and do what it says. He says, deny yourself, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, people don't know what a daily cross is. They think a daily cross is getting behind on their house note or their car note. That's not it. You had to be condemned to a cross when Jesus said these words, condemned. And the only way you could be condemned if you were a criminal or a slave. You couldn't die on a cross if you were a Roman citizen. They wouldn't have that. They wouldn't have that that jailkeeper beat Paul in the 16th chapter of Acts. They whipped him and beat him and he was a Roman citizen. That was against the law. They came out the next day and said, Oh, Mr. Paul, you can leave now. And he said, I'm not leaving. I'm sitting right here. Do you know that I'm a Roman citizen and you beat me? And that's against the law. He scared those guys. He stood up for what was right. You had to be condemned as a slave or a criminal to have a cross. People say, I don't understand what a daily cross is. When you tell somebody the truth about capitalism say it has the same meaning as the word demon demon demonion means to distribute fortunes and they said they had good gods distributing fortunes to them in the first century and bad gods that took their fortunes away we're living with first first century principles in america what kind of government do we need we need the notice the Definite article. The theocracy. The theocracy. The reason I said the and I didn't say a, because they've got a theocracy all over the Middle East. Theos is the word God. This comes from theos. And there's only one God and Kratia, K-R-E-T-E-I-A. Kratia means strength. We need only the one God ruling us with his strength. And that comes out of the word of God. Comes out of the Bible. Out of this right here. This is what needs to rule us and it's awful hard 
to learn how to live in our society being ruled by this. Boy, it's hard. It's taken me probably 65 or 70 years. At 80 years old, I've been learning. I've had to change from what I used to believe. I don't believe in gospel music. Professional gospel music, don't believe in it. It's a sleazy, underhanded business. Cheating, lying, stealing, thieving, running around with women, drinking drugs. Got it all over professional gospel music. And you guys can't fool me. I'm looking at the camera. I've been in, been there and done that, and I know all about it. And you can't tell me what's there and what's not. It's uh, I've said this before. Every gospel concert has a sexual atmosphere. Because when those guys get up there and they're dressed up in their suits, look like suits, and uh, they're up there singing and putting on the show at a concert, all the hot women come down to see them or come to the record tables and give them the eye. The, I was there, I know. Don't tell me what's there and what's not. So what we need is cononia. Now, I'm going to be accused of being a communist or a socialist by putting this on the board. Cononia is the word fellowship or partaker or communion. Kononi is the common word fellowship. We need to have the fellowship of his suffering. That's what Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. How can you have the fellowship of Christ's suffering? You have to be having fellowship with people who are suffering their daily cross because they're being condemned and they're in the same way we have to deny self, take up our cross daily, and follow, Jesus said, follow me. And when we follow him, that means to be in the same way with. A, I'll get this right in a minute. Follow is a word that means to. Akulatheo is the word A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. To be in the same way with and the only one way there's two ways a narrow way and a broad way now I don't believe people are going to believe this when they hear it but the narrow way is the Thalibo way and only few find that you know why there's so few I'll get it in a minute T-H-L-I-B-O. Thalibo is the word narrow, and it's a form of thalipsis, which is the word tribulation. So if we're in the tribulation way, and we're crucifying self, and we're looking out for others rather than our own business, 
Boy, that's awful hard, isn't it? That's something we don't want to be doing. Not with the attitude of America with all the billboards and all the advertisers on TV. This will make your life easier and smoother. You get this dishwasher, get this cleaner for your bathroom and get this unit. And you got all these electrical appliances and computers. This will make life smooth and you won't have to be hurting any. Well, when you're in the narrow way, in the tribulation way, you're you're going to be fellowshipping with Christ. When they translated that word communion or koinonia, they translated over in the Latin. The Latin word is communis. It is the modern word communism. It is socialism. There's only one problem. You can't have Mr. Putin or Mr. Gorbachev or any of those other guys who are atheists. They built an atheist nation on a Christian concept. And we built so-called Christian nation. There's nothing Christian about it on a demon concept. We've got things turned around in the world. You're going to have to have the Apostle Paul distributing to everybody as they had need, like they did in the second chapter of Acts. Jim, what is the answer of this? There's not any. The answer is within the individual. It's going to be in each one of us. Are we willing to live like Christ and think about others instead of just spending on ourselves, caring about me more than anything else? We're not supposed to be doing that. But you can't have the equivalent over here in capitalism. There's not a whole lot of difference in Donald Trump and Putin or or Gorbachev and Reagan. Not much difference. They're fighting for something that's in opposition to what they believe in. They built this atheistic nation... Atheistic it comes from the Alpha and Theos. Atheistic, A T H I E S T H I E S T. Atheistic is the Alpha primitive in front of Theos. It means no God. And they built a Christian concept, but they did it with a bunch of lying thieves stealing and killing. And Joseph Stalin killed more people that were Russians than Hitler killed. He killed in the millions of Russians. Well, you don't want Joseph Stalin distributing equally. He's not going to distribute equally. He's going to... They would kill anybody that got in the way. They just took their form of government and made it palatable for themselves. And... But they do the same thing in capitalism. We don't even know all that they're doing up there in Washington. I don't believe in any governments. I believe we need God ruling us. And Paul said, what have I to do to judge those who are outside the church? He said that in the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians, the last verse, last two verses. You don't have anything to do with that. 
How are we going to get away from the demon doctrine? We're not. And the preachers are not going to... They think I'm crazy because I'm willing to look truth right straight in the eye and say it. I'm just so tired of the lies in life. I have seen the gospel singers lie. I've seen the... I've known guys in gospel music that were out and out alcoholics. One guy sang bass for a famous quartet over in the Carolinas and he called himself an atheist. Just... I stayed in that for years thinking I was going to change those people. You don't change godless people. It'll tell you, these articles will tell you, look at tutelary gods. A tutelary god was a guardian angel. That was a tutelary god. Now, here's what's funny. Uh, that was what the Greeks called. They called the same thing that the Jews called demons. They called guardians. And when you start reading about these, I've got uh, Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, and I've got, I've got this come out of Hastings. And it will go through demons and spirits. And the first page is in the introductory area. This is the first page. And it will say, this is the introduction. This is everything on demons and spirits. Not everything, but it's everything under the title demons and spirits. And it will go in here into, the, give you an introduction. And then it'll say demons and spirits in Assyria and Babylon. Then it'll say demons and spirits among the Buddhists. And they're all kin because they all got totems in them. They all got guardians, guardian angels. Guardian angels are not in the Bible. That was an invention by the Greeks. When you cross a border or boundary line, I've wanted just to just talk to you all about this for a long time. And I've never read all these things. Here's demons and spirits among the Celts. Among the Celts, they call most of their demons fairies. And they had good and bad fairies. They had the little women... Little angels with their little wings flapping around, flapping, buzzing around like a hummingbird, you know. And then they had good and bad fairies. The bad fairies were called trolls. And they hid under a bridge so they could devour the children that come by on the bridge. You remember... What was it? Uh, Billy Goat's Gruff. Yeah, Billy Goat Gruff, yeah. He was a troll that hid under a bridge that could devour children as they come along. And he was a fairy. Huh? What about that scared me? But it, it's just, it's, we have we absorbed that entire society. What about elves? Didn't they come from the Celtic? The what? The elves? Weren't they the elves are, elves are, this is what's amazing. <laughs> they call Santa Claus a jolly old elf. Yeah. 
Now the elves were called gnomes. And you can buy little statues of gnomes down here at Lowe's. Go in there and they'll have little gnome statues. And the Roman Catholics say that if you did not get a baby baptized before it died, that it would dwell somewhere between heaven and earth as a gnome and devour the, the, the babies of the Christians as soon as they're born. It's just fairy tale stuff. All of that goes back into fairy tales. Then they got the Celtic. That's the fairies. They had good and bad fairies. I've wondered if clowns didn't come out of that because they got all these movies they make about the clowns and their evil as well as the good clowns and I'd like to know where that started. It's And people say, what's wrong with all of this? It just shows you how corrupt we are. We got Chinese demons and spirits in here and they all have guardians They'll all have, they have so many kindred or kinship. And every one of them, here's Christian demons and spirits, and it's usually Roman Catholic. And then they got Japanese demons and spirits. The Japanese said that all their ancestors died and they became gods and you can go into a Japanese home and they'll have a shelf up there and they may have 700 little statues on shelves and that was what they called Shintoism Shintoism was ancestor worship well that's what all these demons are ancestor worship what they did when, a, when their, one of their ancestors would die, they would deify it in the pantheon of the gods and turn it into a god. That's what demons were. What amazes me in Acts the 17th chapter, Paul is on his second missionary journey and he gets over there to Athens and he goes out to Mars Hill. He runs into some, uh, some Epicureans and Stoics, and they and they worshipped. The Bible says, and history says, the sociologists say, all of their gods in the first century were called demons or demonion. And while Paul is with them, and when he's preaching about the resurrection of the Christ, these Epicureans and these Stoics said he's speaking of strange gods except it wasn't the word God they used they used the word daemonion he's talking to us about strange demons because their gods weren't strange demons to them they said Jehovah God was a strange demon that's what they called him it says gods in your English Bible when you look it up in your concordance it says daemonion it's astounding what people believe and you can go through this entire and in the front introduction here in the introduction it talks about what the demons were called the former word signifies simply breath or while the latter daemon originally denoted either a portioner or a less uh, a portioner or less probably apportionment. And apportion 
means to divide and distribute shares. That's what it means to apportion. It means to meet out or divide shares to people. That's the meaning of the word capitalism. That's the meaning of the word daemon. And eudaemonism is what is what Mr. Jefferson founded America on. A good demon. And the tutelary gods, the conception of a tutelary guardian genius, that's the way they started. The conception of a tutelary guardian genius or guiding spirit believed to protect and watch over certain persons and objects appears to arise as soon as the powers of observation and generalization are sufficiently developed to bring about a systematized scheme by which natural phenomena come to be divided into classes and assigned to particular departmental deities and spirits. What's amazing, Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin is deified as a tutelary god in the Louvre in Paris. The Louvre is the most famous museum in the world. And he's... Here's a picture of Ben Franklin with his hair hanging down on the side. He's got a bad hair job and a bald head. And he's got these little cherubim flying all around him because he's a tutelary god over there. It's just, it's like one big joke. And if you research these things and find out, they don't even care. Everything has an Everything has an origin. I'm wondering if clowns don't go back to the same thing. It didn't start with the circus. Yeah, it didn't start with the circuses for sure. Now, these all come out of... And what the, what the Jews call demons... What the Jews call demons... The Arabs call genies. When you cross the border and go into the Arab countries, Jews called demons, as you move into another territory, they have got the same thing, but they've got a different name for it, genie. Genie comes from the word gene. That means your ancestry. And the Jews said their daemonion, their demons, were their ancestors. And so were the fairies, their ancestors. When you read these articles, well, totem, let me give you totem. Totem, the word totem is derived from the uh, from Ototaman, which is the Ojibwa cognate, Algonquin dialects means his brother, sister, kin. It's the kin folks. When you have a totem pole, whatever is on the pole in your particular tribe, if there's an owl on the top, then that is your that is your totem or your kin folks. If there's an eagle or if there's a wolf or if there's an otter or whatever it is, that will be your totem or your kin folk, and you never do kill one of them. That's just like among the Japanese. You don't step on a, you don't kill a bug, you don't kill a fly, 
You don't kill a cockroach because it may be your ancestor. And we're involved in the same thing in Christmas, Christ Mass. That is Baal worship. Baal was nothing but our ancestor, Nimrod, that started the Babylonian system. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's weird that a clown was a buffoon. That what? A clown was a buffoon. It was a buffoon. In Egypt, he made pharaohs laugh. Yeah. 2500 BC. Yep, that's what they did, didn't they? Now, if you believe in these, Jews call demons, the Arabs call genies. Genie comes from the word gene. The Greeks call guardians. They're all the same thing in different cultures. Guardians, the Romans call genius. Genius. I believe they were invented by man or by Satan to get the get the mind off of yourself so you have to die yourself. Just recognize it's an entity outside of you in some system. That way you can just have it cast out of you, get up on your feet and you take off and go to ripping and tearing again, making a lot of money. The Romans called them genius, the American Indian called them totem. And if you believe in these, I've said this so many times. If you believe in demons, you got to believe in genies. You get three wishes from a genie, don't you? There's three things in the Bible that a man will wish for. All that's in the world, 1 John 2.16. Here's everything you can wish for. All in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's the same three things. Three things. And that's what you get from the genie. And That's not what you get. That's what they say you get. Eve saw a tree that was good for food, pleasant to the eye, and would make her wise. What really gets me, she could be proud of herself. The pride of life, pride is the word aladzania there in 1 John 2.16. L-A-Z-O-N-I-A. That word aladzania means self-esteem. Esteem self. You don't esteem others better than yourself. Like the Bible says, you esteem self. The pleasant to the eye, lust of the eye. Lust is the word epi, T-H-U-M-I-A. It means to long for that which is forbidden. It's a construction of thumos. means to breathe hard. And to superimpose epi, superimpose that on your life. To breathe hard after. I want that. I want her. I want him. I want that car. I want that money. I want that job. And you get mad if you don't get it. Lust of the eye. Remember, 
E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A is the word idolatry. It's constructed of ido, meaning to see or perceive, and latrua, meaning to serve. It means to serve what you put into your eyes and your ears. Know you not, to whom you yield yourselves service to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. People say, works don't have anything they do with salvation. If God doesn't work in you to willing to do of his good pleasure and cause you to want to crucify self, you say, Jim, I'm not old enough to learn to do that yet. I know most of you are not. Boy, you get there when you get in your 60s. You start realizing I don't have that much time to live for the Lord and I need to live, make sure I live every day of my life for him from now on. When you get 65, get close to 70, you'll start saying that to yourself. As a believer, so, good for food, lust of the flesh, pride of life, self. Self has to die. All these things, guardian angels, fairies, demons and genies, and genius and guardians, they're all they're all imagination. This, the demonism and the genies and all of these things that men have conjured up so they can have their way in the world, it's man's excuse so he doesn't have to crucify self and live for others and not himself. I think about the needy people every day. I have people call me. I have some people calling with their hand out and they don't really not really interested in the truth. We don't give to people who don't believe in the truth. I had a lady call me from Vanderbilt one day. She said, I just got into town. Somebody told me you give away money. I said, No, ma'am, I don't. I said, You have to believe the things that we believe. I said, What do you think about Christmas? Well, I love Christmas. I said, We don't believe in that. I just asked them a question like that. and But anyway, but if you believe in these, this is an amazing thing. You have to believe in vampires. Vampires drink blood, don't they? Yeah, I believe it. Huh? I believe it. There's a lot of blood suckers out here. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> And I think a vampire is supposed to drink blood, and that's what that's what the mass is in Roman Catholicism is drinking blood, isn't it? Eating flesh and drinking blood. But you gotta believe in vampires. And I'm gonna to read to you out of out of uh, Jewish Encyclopedia, Judaica. This is an article on what the Jews believed about demons. They believed that any mental attitude, if you're melancholy, it was a demon of melancholy. If you are sick, they said it was a demon that caused that. Uh, they went in, in the first century, everything was due to a demon or a god. It was either Hercules flying over your life and and guiding you to good fortune or 
Jupiter or Venus or Aphrodite or one of these. Those were guardian gods to them. And they called them Demonion. I'm going to read this out of this Jewish encyclopedia. Just a, a line or two here. These evil spirits are sent by the Lord, the mysterious being who attacks Job, uh, Jacob in Genesis thirty-two twenty-five. They come up and said that was a demon. The mysterious being who attacks Jacob in Genesis thirty-two twenty-five, when he strikes him down and he said, what's your name? And then the angel said, the day breaketh. Exhibits a trait which is very widespread belief associated with certain demons who are spirits of the night and must perish at dawn. Now that comes out of a Jewish book, Encyclopedia Concerning Demons. What is it vampires do? Now this is amazing about vampires. It will, there's, you can get this out of Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion. Hastings says, Vampire, you can look up the V volume. This was long before Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. This was 2,000 years ago. 3,000. Vampires. A vampire may be defined as the spirit of a dead person his corpse reanimated by his own spirit or by a demon. Returning to sap the life of the living by depriving them of blood and some essential organ in order to augment its own vitality. This forms the particular aspect of the general belief that ghosts or spirits are sent by sorcerers can annoy the living in various ways or cause their sickness or death. The vampire is often one who has died or an untimely death and who, who whose afterlife is unhappy or a dead sorcerer or wizard or other obnoxious person. And they go on to tell you it was supposed that ghosts or vampires were eager to obtain, as it is seen from the well-known example of the shades, shade. When the Bible speaks of everything in the Old Testament is a shadow, shadow is the word skia, it means a shade of the things to come, well, it don't mean, and the people in the first century believed. First century, they said if they could stand in the shadow, if they get in the shadow of one of the disciples or the apostles, they could be healed. You can find that there, and I believe it's the fourth chapter of Acts that they sought the shadow of Peter and they wanted to get in into his shadow so they could be healed. That was just there. Everything you read in the Bible is not necessarily true when it's talking about the superstitions of people. Jesus, Jesus walks up to a man in Matthew, the 25th chapter. 
And the man says, my son is a lunatic. He's moonstruck. You think Jesus believes that? The guy is crazy. He's believing what the, their society says. He believes the man is moonstruck. Lunatic. He said, my son is lunatic. The word lunatic comes from lunar. That is the word moon. It means moonstruck. Jesus is talking to these guys that have been influenced by their society and he actually believes the guy is moonstruck. He didn't believe that any more than he believed when the guy said, I've got all these demons in me. I got all these. I got a legion of demons. Legion was 3,000 Roman soldiers at one time and they increased it to 6,000 later so this guy is saying, well, I got at least 3,000 demons in me. And he, I don't know if he counted them or he had somebody count them. One, two, three, four, five. Jesus doesn't believe him. Why were those men saying the things they were saying? Why did the apostles, when he was walking on the water at night, walking toward the boat they were in, and they were terrified. They said, it's a spirit. Except they didn't use the word pneuma, which is the common word spirit. They said it is a phantasm, which in the first century was a demon. Why is it the apostles are believing in demons? Why? The society they lived in. Everybody said anything happened, it was a demon. They said there's a demon walking over the water. Jesus said it's not a demon, it's me. That's that's how little faith they had. And then he looks at the apostles and says, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of holy gospel. There's no death to self in this. Holy gospistus. That's the word, little faith. It means puny faith. Oh, ye of puny faith. You got to... He... You realize what Jesus was up against calling men out of that society. He had to re-educate everybody, including his apostles. And they were just kids. They couldn't have been old men like you see in pictures, Peter. The apostles, Peter, is walking around with Jesus, and Jesus is about 29 or 30, and the apostle Peter is about 75 years old. (laughs) How is he going to travel for Jesus? Those were boys, probably 19, 20, 21. They were kids. They weren't old men. The Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation around 96 A.D. And he's walking around with Jesus in 29, 30 A.D. He's walking around with him in 30 A.D., and it's going to be 66 years till he writes Revelation. He's an old man. He's not an old man when he's going with Jesus. He's a young guy. Boy, we, we've been sold things by pictures, haven't we? I don't know how in the world they got to be that old. Now, let me tell you this about vampires. Let me just read this to you. A ghost was a house demon. It was supposed to be somebody taking care of a house until the master come and repossessed it. That's what a ghost was. 
Now, if you believe in all these others, you got to believe in ghosts. I don't believe in them. When you die, you either go to heaven or hell. That's what you do. And then he goes on to say, a malicious spirit might take possession of a corpse and vitalize it for sinister purposes. Now, let me ask you this. Who is the resurrection and the life? Jesus. He said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. So, how can a spirit resurrect? You can watch a vampire movie because they're not real. You might as well watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's not real. Well, they found her stone. Huh? <laughs> they found her stone. Yeah. Snow White. Yeah. To prevent this, the return of the dead. Now, this is amazing. This will show you just how close truth and a lie are aligned. This is how close they're aligned. And if people say, you use too much uh, extra biblical information. I want to know what these sociologists understood about people in all the different centuries. And this is very interesting. You have to stop and think about this. And this was these books were written. I believe they were first produced in two thousand in nineteen oh four. This is before a bunch of movies were made about vampires. So this is not has nothing to do with Bram Stoker. You do know who Bram Stoker is. He's the guy that wrote. I've got a book, and it's just called Vampires. And it goes back in history and tells you all about the history of the vampires. The first, uh, one of the first vampires was Vlad the Impaler. You've, you've heard about him. He was in Yugoslavia, a king, and that's where always uh, uh, the vampire is supposed to come from Yugoslavia. They always have the accent. And they have an accent, yes, they have an accent. I am the count. I love to count. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. One letter, two letters. <laughs> and then flash of lightning. Funny. It was also held that the malicious spirit might take possession of a corpse and, and vitalize it for sinister purposes. The boundary line between life and death seems to have been but vaguely defined to prevent the return of the dead, whether bodily or as a ghost. Many precautions were in use in closing the grave with a high fence, piling heavy stones upon it, diverting the course of a stream in order to bury in its bed. You could keep the vampire at bay. And what is a living stream of water? It's called living water. By living water or by a water stream, put the vampire in its coffin 
and run this living water over it and that will cause the demon or the vampire to stay at bay. You know how that, can you see how this equates with the truth? How do we keep the demon or self out of our life? By living water, by blood baptism. By blood baptism, this is how close the truth is to a lie at times. That is really close, isn't it? That's as close as you can get without getting right on it. Piling heavy stones upon it, diverting the course of a stream in order to bury in its bed and then permitting it to flow as before, binding the corpse securely, though this was done for other reasons, or mutilating it. Now, that's, and what is it they do in the vampire movies to make the vampire go away? They sprinkle him with holy water. Boy, this thing gets so parallel. Whew. Can you see that? So why wouldn't America believe this stuff? They're willing to bite off that stuff. The most evil thing in a man is his heart. When the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah the 17th chapter, when it says that, it means there's nothing as evil as a man's heart. If there was a vampire, he'd be a sissy upside your heart, what it's capable of. But let me give you one other thing on the vampire. This is astounding to me how truth parallels with a lie. This is vampire. You look in your B, well, you can actually look in your index volume, get every time the word vampire is mentioned in the Hastings. Now, let me see here. I got a don't know where to start. In modern Greece, the vampire belief has prevailed for many centuries. Now, they're saying this in 1904 when these came out. But largely molded by Slavic influences. It's the Slavic nations. Of course, they've renamed all of them since they uh, released all those nations uh, from the Soviet Union and, the, and their freeing of everybody. The Slavic superstition holds that various persons become vampires after death. The corpse is revitalized and thirsts for blood. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Its ravages begin with relatives and then attacks other victims, and these in turn become vampires. Its ravages occur by night. Let me add to that. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The vampire is you itself. The grave must be reentered by cockcrow, else the vampire must remain wherever he is, stiff, stiff and helpless. Among the Slavs, when a grave is opened and the corpse is found to be fresh, swollen with blood and lifelike, it is transfixed through the region of the heart with a stake, 
of aspen we're talking about before Bram Stoker. Maple, Russian, blackthorn, or hawthorn from Serbia. But this must be done with one blow, for two blows would restore it to life. A suspect corpse is also buried in this way. A vampire at Leibach in 1672 is said to have pulled out of the stake and thrown it back. Do I believe that? No, I don't believe that. A person who committed suicide was often buried at crossroads, the body transfixed with a spear or stake in Britain, and so forth. The head of the vampire was cut off. The heads of murderers whose spirits the living feared were also cut off and destroyed or set between the legs and beneath the body. Another effectual way was to burn the corpse to ashes, but care was taken to drive back into the fire every creature which might come from it, worms, snakes, beetles, birds, lest the vampire should have embodied itself in one of them, and so resume its foul work. This was done among the Slavs, and in Bulgaria, a sorcerer armed with the saint's picture, a Roman Catholic saint, by the way, armed with the saint's picture is supposed to drive the vampire into a bottle. Where does that take us to? Familiar spirit? Familiar spirit in the Old Testament when it was against the law to consult familiar spirits or talk to the dead, which is the same thing. The word familiar spirit is O-W-B. And it means bot. So, bottle. When they translated the Septuagint, when you see LXX, that's Roman numerals for 70. That means the translation of the Hebrew Old Testament into the Greek text. Into Greek. And that's because Alexander the Great conquered the world around 330 to 318 when he died B.C. And when he, he was saying we need, he gave the world all of its glossa and dialectos. And glossa means foreign languages Dialectos means a dialect. They had a different dialect of the koine, which is a word common. comes from that word koinonia. It means the common street language. And since he gave in 200 B.C., scholars, brilliant scholars that were very familiar with the Hebrew and the Greek, and anyone will tell you that knows anything about the Septuagint that that is considered the most or the best translation of anything that's been done. When they translated the word f- 
familiar spirit. When they translated that word familiar spirit, which is the word bottle, this is what they translated it into. I've got this in several of my books. They translated it into this word, E-N-G-A-S-T-R-O-M-U-T-H-O-S. In gastromuthos, this is a construction of three words, in gastro and muthos it means a myth within that's one of the words for in in Greek myth is the word muthos anytime you see the word fables we're to avoid fables it's the word muthos in the Greek Gastro is the word stomach. And these guys knew what they were doing. They were brilliant scholars in 200 B.C. And they said, this ob, bottle, was a myth that was within the stomach. But you have to know what a bottle was. A bottle was a goat's stomach. They cut the stomach out of the goat cut the stomach out, dried it. They put a stopper in one end, left the other end open so they could carry their grape juices and what have you. They put a strap on it so they could carry it around with them. And these guys had learned ventriloquism and they would sell. This is called necromancy. Necromancy is talking to the dead. Necros, what the Bible says, we're to kill off. We're to mortify. Over in Colossians, the third chapter, mortify these deeds of the flesh, and he names them. It means to kill off or cause to die. Well, people who would talk to the dead... They would talk into this bottle and pretend by, by peeping and muttering. They called it peeping and muttering. To peep and mutter. You can see that in Isaiah, the 10th chapter, where when the Assyrian king was going to come in, and destroy northern Israel and carry them away into captivity, they didn't have time to peep or mutter and consult a wizard. And they would peep and mutter in their mutter in their throat and pretend to be talking to the dead. So if you believe in demons and all of that, you gotta believe in familiar spirits which is a bottle, which is going to a ventriloquist or going down here to some guy and they had a place down here in Madison and they had a big red hand up there and said, we read palms down here for money. If you believe in demons and all of that, you got to believe in, the, in palm readers. 
All that is a con to get money from people who are desperate, needing you to tell them something good about their future. And when some Pentecostal charismatic walks up to you and puts your hand on your shoulder, says, I got a word for you, brother. They're wanting to get your money is what they're wanting. And they're going to read your fortune. Yeah, peep and mutter. And you can see that in Isaiah. Said they didn't have time to go mutter because the Assyrian army came in all of a sudden. Just one night they were. And let me read the rest of this here. To drive a vampire into a bottle containing some of its foul food, and when corked up, the bottle was thrown into the fire. That's really good information. That's out of. I've got so many things that come out of these. And if you want to know about fairies, you've got fairies in the Hastings also. And this is just on fairies. And they interchange fairies with totems, with guardians, with genius. They're all the same. With demons. They talk about Fairies are elves. There's little difference in attributing characteristics and actions between Celtic fairies and Teutonic or Scandinavian elves or dwarfs or trolls. If you believe in demons, you got to believe in all that because they're the same thing under a different culture. How much time do I have, Mike? I didn't have cover as much territory as I wanted to. Fairy-like creatures, beings, while Arabs, Hindus, Chinese, and savages of all regions believe in more or less supernatural beings. There's no supernatural beings. You're dead. You're like the rich man that died and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Father Abraham sent Lazarus, then he may dip the finger in water and cool my tongue, or I'm tormented in this flame. They're either in hell or they're going into Abraham's bosom with Lazarus. That's a fairy tale what they when they the bosom was the place at the triclinium table when they would all lie prone on a table. The triclinium table was the feast table. And they would all come in to this feast table. And this is what they were eating at. A feast table. And a, and a servant walking here. And they'd all be laying down like this. And to lie in someone's bosom mean to lean. They leaned on the left arm. And the food would be placed in front of them. And their body was laying back on this feast table. And to line someone's bosom means to lean back and talk to the person behind you. John wasn't sitting on one side of a table with Jesus laying his head on his breast like this, like a homosexual. That's what he was doing. And that and the homosexual got a hold of that picture, so they say he was a homosexual. <laughs> Idiots. Because they don't know nothing about a triclinium table, and there's a whole bunch of them up there on the wall. I got them all over my library, but I don't have... On the screen. It's on the screen. That's right. I have taught on this so many times, 
But I've been wanting to document it to y'all. When this guy lies in this person's bosom behind him, they just lean it back. And that's what that's what John did. He leaned back. Jesus was evidently right behind him. He leaned back to talk to Jesus. He didn't. That's the stupidest picture that Leonardo da Vinci painted with everybody on one side of the table. And all the Baptist churches in America got a picture up in front of their church like that. It's, when they got through eating, they could just go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I was eating like that. Eat and go to sleep. But this is about fairies. Fairy, gosh, there's so much on this. We even eat on one side of the In Rom- Romance languages, the words for fairy came from fae, the fates, and from fatar to enchant. Enchant. Remember? Nakash is the word for serpent. For serpent in Genesis 3.1 it means to enchant. Or like one writer says, to kill with the the eye. Oh, remember idolatry? To kill with the eye. And the hot looking lady comes in with a long sleeky dress and she's and she kills all the men with the eye. And they lust after her. That's enchanting. But from Faye, we get the word enchant and illusion. And from that, we get Faye. And Morgan, the Faye, was the sister of King Arthur. And when you read, and you can get out of King Arthur, and out of this, it you'll be reading along, and they'll say, see Arthurian legend. And you go into Arthurian legend, and they will tell you that Morgan Le Fay, Morgan Le Fay, King Arthur's sister, comes from Moor, and the more more means sea. Fairy is the same thing as demon. It means sea demon. The sea demon, that's what Morgan Le Fay was. And if you saw the Excalibur movie, you saw Our Lady of the Lake come up out with her arm out of the ocean and get the sword, or which is a picture, an anti-type of the Word of God. Everything in the Arthurian legend is about... It's amazing is that uh, the picture of Satan there was the... What's his name? The uh, guy could turn himself into a wolf. Merlin. 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 
Merlin, it'll tell you to see Merlin out of these, out of these books. See Merlin, and he would he would shape shift, and shape shifting was a part of this. Shape shifting. I believe that goes back to the serpent in the garden, shifting himself into a serpent, and they've got that in the Arthurian legend with Merlin. He shifts his shape. Well, that's what a werewolf is. When you look up werewolf in here, they'll say see lycanthropy. L-Y C-A-N-T-R-O-P-H-Y And that is the moon. That's moonstruck. And Job says if we kiss our hand when we see the moon... God will destroy us. And they make a cross. That's what the Roman Catholics do. Make a cross with a thumb and forefinger. And that's the last thing they do is kiss the hand. That's a part of this whole thing. I don't know how to tell everything that I read about this. And they kiss the they kiss the cross or kiss the hand, and it goes on in here talking about you can't even study when you read this witch book up here. She will tell you that Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot and all of them they were thinly veiled. Sun and tree deities. That's all it's about. The same thing goes for fairy tales. I've got a book on fairy tales. And it's not talking about how wonderful they are. It's talking about how they came out of the same thing. Whether it's Cinderella and she's got to be back, has something to be back at the palace by midnight has something to do with the darkness and the light, every one of them, whether it's Rumpelstiltskin and, and what's her name up in the tower? Rapunzel. Huh? Rapunzel. Yeah, Rapunzel. Whatever it is, it has to do with sun and tree deities. Everything goes back to that. That's why we're to dismiss fables in our life. Uh, birthdays are fables. Uh, Christmas and Easter is fables. It all goes back, boy, if you start trying to live a Christian life, you're going to get rid of all these fables in your life. But when you do, the world's going to think you're crazy and they're going to crucify you. You realize that? I know what what I'm saying is not popular in America, but I'm too old to turn back now. I mean, I've got to... I've got to believe God. Do I have any time, Mike? Six. Six minutes. Let me see if i got something else here on fairies. You can't believe what these people have got in these books. They're talking about they marry ordinary mortals. They come down from heaven. When Hitler, let me tell you this. I've got a book called The Twisted Cross. When Hitler sent Himmler to Tibet and he came across the Suvastis 
Hitler was a sun worshiper, Suvastis, which means it is good, has the basic same meaning as amen. It is so. Suvasti, the Suvastis were the Tibetan Buddhists, and the reason Himmler went there, Hitler believed that they were, since they were tall and had long arms and long legs, that they were the fallen angels out of heaven. That's why he sent Himmler there. Himmler was the head of his SS, his killing squad, that's what they were. And he felt like the Tibetan Buddhists were fallen angels. In other words, they were the sons of God fallen from heaven, which is a fairy tale, which is not true. Do you know that everything, Just you've got this throughout all societies of the world. It's unbelievable how much I have dug out of my library on this. I've got, a, I've got one of the best libraries in the world because uh, I have bought books where I can research all this stuff. And they've got, gosh, listen to this. In the same region, some groups of fairies may be tall, others pygmies, but the varying size is sometimes due to their power or changing of their form. Shift shape, shape shifting. Usually greatly Great beauty is ascribed to female fairies, but certain groups of fairies, dwarfs, kobolds, are ugly and misshapen. Their clothing is often of green and red color. What is the green and the red color of? Christmas. That's the Christmas colors, isn't it? Green and red color through the Teutonic dwarves are dressed in gray, the elfin gray, is Tom Lane. They are all intensely fond of music, singing and dancing. And that gets back to the everything I've studied on it, they say that the demons in Israel came in hordes. And they were always dancing and playing, playing and having fun. And they came in groups. That's why the man said to Jesus, when Jesus said, Tisoestinonoma, he said, what fellowship represents this authority you're fellowshipping with? He didn't say, what is your name? He said, T, that's an interrogative of questions. Soy is a form of sum. It means fellowshipping. Who are you fellowshipping with? So, esteem, what do these represent? What name or authority do they represent? And the guy said, Legion, what he was saying, I've got at least 3,000 demons in me. That's the horde they came in. That's why when Jesus ran into the man in the temple in Mark, the first chapter, and said, and he said, what have we to do with thee? He used plural. They always use plural referring to themselves. And usually when you look at the word, it's usually feminine gender. Because they came in the form of female. Who was the first demon in the Bible? Eve. Eve. Distributing fortunes. All that was in the tree. 
even sin <coughs> sin is the word harmatia A-R-A-R-M-A-T-I-A that's a breathing sound harmatia it's feminine gender sin I read in Mr. Mounce's book he said well it could be males or females I don't believe that I believe the only people that can sin are females and I don't mean women I mean it'll either be the church which is the wife the bride of Christ I'll be Babylon the mother of harlots and that includes everybody in the world all Christians are female we're part of the wife part of the bride the only people that can sin is Babylonians or Christians and we're not supposed to be doing that I don't agree with Mr. Bounce when he said that about Armatia I've got I've just been wanting to share some of these facts with you am I out of time yeah. I'm out of time what you need to do if you got the Hastings you noticed I read more from them he says these fairies have to have to disappear at dawn He's, you got that in all of them he says they shift shapes too <coughs> so much to this well let's pray Father thank you for truth fight our battles for us Lord we've got a lot of enemies that don't like these truths I don't even know what to ask you for. Just guide us and lead us to your elect family. Open up doors so the elect can hear this. We'll praise you for everything. Thank you for it all. In Christ's name, amen. I have spent so much time studying this stuff. It's just, I'm amazed at how ignorant the world is.
What are you doing there, girl? One of these days, I want to get back with you on making a... I would like to take every word in the New Testament. It's got whosoever, every verse. Print it out and put right under it just the Greek word, what whosoever is possible, or the all, or the believing all. Ben keeps asking me about, well, what about this word over here? I said, it's not a Greek word. It's, I know why they put it in there. Didn't we do that? I used one that was under warranty, and I ended up getting the Are you leaving? Well, tell your boss so he that said I. That was really good. Well, I remember the first time I heard you preach on the vampires and everything, and it was like light bulbs. Yeah, well, it just, it, it's amazing that they said you could keep the demons away with living water, and that's what keeps the demon out of us. And you have to use a wooden stake to go through the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, little things like that. Yeah. That's where the crucifixion all yeah. started. Because they were beheading them and putting them, their heads yeah. in stakes. Right. And then it evolved into... Oh, yeah. Everything's just a mangled form of Well, it's truth. it's a form of the truth. That's how people are fooled. They're just... It is. And today, that's why they're so superstitious and why they that's believe it. all this crap. Everything that's out there goes in to, yeah, that's... We did that. Well, this is not every word, in, is it? It's not every... I don't think it's every one of... It might be. See, this is whosoever, and there's the Greek for it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that you had this. I don't think it's every word, but it's some of the important ones. Well, tell your boss I said go fly a kite. <laughs> Oh no! No, he's just not talking about it. We just stick to work. He's like, "Oh, um, Tracy, I just wanted to show you this." Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh.